Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to what is going to be a totally different slate than yesterday when we had nine games and breaking news everywhere. And hopefully, hopefully, I saw some people in, in the Discord and Patreon did not, myself included in a lot of lineups, survive the DeLon Wright news. And not even the news, the lack of news in terms of him coming off the bench, which is status quo, even in games when he wasn't starting earlier this season, when guys like Derrick Rose were out and guys like Blake Griffin were out, we thought he might start. He didn't start. And then we were able to project for that off the bench. So I was expecting him off the bench for you know, upper 20s in minutes, and he's not going to play at all until Kelly and Hayes gets hurt, and then he comes in for a couple of minutes at the end of the fourth quarter, which is tough. Uh, it's rough. That's it's going to happen. That makes it the uh, the joy and the pain of NBA DFS is, yeah, sometimes you get all the news, and sometimes you get all the news within one minute of lock, and you have to rush, and then sometimes you don't get the news. I remember two years ago, there was a slate where DeMar DeRozan was very popular, and about five minutes after the game locked, it got ruled that he was going to be out for the game. So that's just a wild, wild west of the, the NBA. Now, luckily, luckily, we had some at least alternative alternatives that happened because I was going to be having, I don't know, 40% of the one right. But luckily, guys like uh, Peyton Pichard opened up for Boston. Some other value opened up in terms of what was happening with the Knicks once they got ruled out some players and were starting Damian Dodson, but still had a good amount of Mr. Dolan Wright. So hopefully you survive that one. But a different type of slate today. There's still a lot of news and some major news potentially. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, some news there. It's going to open up value on this slate that really isn't too much built in for it yet, especially with the Kevin Durant news. So only a five-game slate today, as always. And if you're here right now, please do hit the like like it to subscribe before we get to, you know, smack you around with some information and we'll go through the injury and status dashboard and then some early interest based on my projections, projections, rankings, anything that you want to follow along with that can be found down below over on Patreon. So I appreciate you all being here today. We'll basically get into it. But before we do, Superdraft, the sponsor of the show, it's a multiplier format. A lot of you have been signing up. I can see not specifically your name, but the amount of people that are signing up when you do sign up over on Superdraft. And it's much appreciated because, look, they support this channel and it's a ton of fun. I wouldn't be sponsoring them if I didn't think that it was beneficial to you to be playing over there in terms of easier competition. And in terms of just a different fun game mode, right? Different ways to be putting your DFS or, or betting bankroll in play, uh, different game modes, different ways to think about it. Honestly, right now, very beneficial to getting money back on your investment, return on investment, ROI. So be sure to check out Superdraft. My name's Sal. You'll get a free money bonus up to a thousand dollars it works in a slow drip format you get it as you play any questions on super draft in general you just ask me right below in the comment section for hey this guy or this guy we have projections on it that you could follow along with yourself if you'd like but if you have any other questions in the discord if you're a patron or in the comment section below we can help you out with that so let's get into it now and let's hope to uh you know pray to the fantasy gods you know all up above right now that there's not gonna be any type of the lawn right situations the lawn right will never be played as a value in fantasy again he's going to have to prove it like three times right it's not one time oh, i'm not still trusting this guy was luck second time yeah maybe we can get him the third time if he's appropriately priced, right? He's going to have to prove it a lot after being, I don't know, what he was owned in some contest. Some of the higher stakes stuff, he was not nearly as owned once all that other news broke on starting point guards for Boston and the Knicks and some other situations. But he was still definitely in the double digits and definitely pushing 20 plus percent owned in a lot of contests last night. So we can start with the injury news and it's going to start off with Mr. Kevin Durant, who is going to be, I believe he tested positive for COVID. I think he already had COVID. So maybe it was just a close contact. That's what the NBA is doing still. So he's going to be out. He has to quarantine for at least seven days. They're calling it health quote-unquote health reasons so you're not going to be getting Kevin Durant now the last time that Kevin Durant was out also Kyrie Irving was out obviously Dimity's been out now for a while so you had a an interesting rotation Torian Prince actually started that game for Kevin Durant Torian Prince only played 19 minutes in that game he was not taken out of the game because of foul trouble anything like that he was just not really put into the game because of poor performance a TLC in that game started to go off Karis LeVert was having a big game Joe Harris is always was playing well so they kind of just rotated through the minutes of what was happening for Kevin Durant's replacement so Torian Prince started in that game again he plays 19 minutes and then you're basically getting Jeff 
Jeff Green off the bench playing 24 minutes. Landry Shamit plays 24 minutes. And they kind of play small ball for the most part. TLC was able to play the four, and he was really the one who picked up a lot of minutes playing 40 minutes. So does this happen again? If TLC gets hot early, then yeah, there's a really good chance. But if not, I think Torian Prince probably sees in the 20s a minute, so he's in play. Now, he's not going to be something I'm projecting for 30 minutes, although they do think it's possible because we have one small game sample of TLC going off when Kevin Durant wasn't playing. That really led to more minutes for TLC. So Torian Prince, when he came in, he played a, a pretty healthy rotation of seven minutes and 47 seconds in the first quarter of that game, and he only had one personal foul. He was just missing shots. He wasn't playing as well, and then he started the second half as well and played seven minutes. So he was playing these big, healthy seven-minute rotations. The problem was he didn't play any of overtime, and he did not play anything in the fourth quarter. So in that one-game sample, Torian Prince did not close out the game, and he did not get to close out the game even in overtime as well. So if you think if you just think that Torian Prince steps on the court at all in the fourth quarter of the game today, he's probably going to play somewhere around 24 minutes or so with the upside of playing 26 to 28. So he's definitely in play for me, just judging as long as he's starting, of course, against Utah. He'll definitely be in play for me as the primary replacement, in my opinion, based on what we saw last time for Kevin Durant. Michael Porter Jr., same situation. For the most part, don't know the specifics. Is Kevin Durant just not going to be able to be with the team because of quote-unquote health reasons? Michael Porter Jr. being out, you would expect Will Barton to join the starting rotation. Will Barton has been pitiful this year. Uh, if you're going to be looking at Jermichael Green as somebody to potentially play, you can get there, but don't be judging too much off of the last game. He had a very nice game, but it was his second game back. He got a lot of extended run in that game, just really due to coming down the stretch and, and having some sorts of blowout run and all this other stuff. For the Clippers, Marcus Morris is going to be remaining out. He has not yet played a game this season, so you're going to be getting the same people that benefit. Nicholas Batum has actually been pleasantly surprising, not only in DFS to a certain extent, but also in real life for the Clippers. And then the Lakers is really where a lot of the news outside of Kevin Durant is going to be coming from on this slate. LeBron James is questionable with an ankle. Well, LeBron James himself is only $10,100 on a slate that you're about to get into it on the early interest. If you've already peaked ahead on the slate, there is a bombshell up top in terms of injuries, right? Potentially LeBron James. Kevin Durant is up there. You have Carl Anthony Towns on this slate, who he's still going to be missing a lot of time. So all the all the value that you can, not even value, but expensive guys you can pay up for. If LeBron James was to miss in this game, the only options that you have like in the 9K range or above are like Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, who seems to be overpriced, and Nicole Jokic, who's appropriately priced, but still has to drop 55 for it to really be beneficial to you at that price point. So LeBron, if he's in himself, I actually like LeBron at $10,100. If he's out, it makes Anthony Davis look like an even better play. Kyle Kuzma's already kind of priced up at $5,500, but you can get there a little bit more. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder, whose fantasy point per minute production, his assist percentage primarily will go up a little bit. Alex Caruso remains out with health reasons. And then to close up the Lakers, KCP is going to be questionable with an ankle. Uh, if KCP was to miss this game, you can definitely see some players benefit a little bit more there, right? You'll probably see Kyle Kuzma pick up some more run. A Horton Tucker would probably pick up some more run. And Horton Tucker has been seeing a little bit of extended minutes in some of these blowouts. Like he played 24 minutes in that pass game, only scored 17 and a half fantasy points, but he's cheap at 3,400. So if you saw a situation where LeBron and KCP miss, you can probably see Horton Tucker at least projecting out for somewhere around like the 18 to 20 minute range potentially. And that's where it starts to look good because then they start to lack some wing, wing depth, right? You'd probably see Wesley Matthews pick up run, but they're already down wings in terms of LeBron, if you want to call him a wing, Alex Caruso and KCP at that point. So Wesley Matthews would have to pick up minutes, right? And then I do think that Horton Tucker, THT, would have to pick up some run and then becomes a value if all those guys were to be out. You get into Memphis and John Conker. He's been shooting well, right? He's been playing decent. He's going to be out playing a decent amount of minutes a game right now, uh, somewhere around 20 minutes per game. So you already have him out at this point. He's going to be coming in as a guard for that team. You obviously don't have any John Morant. So the guards on this team are going to be starting to get a little bit more run now. I don't know if that means that finally we get to see a little bit more DeAnthony Melton. If Grayson Allen is expected to return and be back for this game, he came back in the last game, played 15 minutes. He would see a little bit more run. So don't think it's going to be mattering too much for value in this 
unfortunate situation. And then to scroll down to a couple of the final guys on this slate, not much of them are going to matter too much. A couple of them from San Antonio. So you have Josh Okoji. He's going to be questionable. He's playing a decent amount of minutes a game, but not too much in general for this Minnesota team. He will lead to some other types of values. Like if you wanted to play Jerry Culver, not sure you're going to want to. Rodney Hood, not playing too much time for Portland at this point. There's kind of a secondary guy. He's going to be a questionable with a quad. And then we get to San Antonio where Derek White right now has a broken toe. He's going to be missing time. So you might have Devin Vassell, some of these uh, rookies that are going to be coming off the bench for San Antonio. We'll see a little bit more run here. Patty Mills, I would expect to see some more runs. I'm not really sure if we're going to see Trey Jones get any more run, but that's going to be a, a lot of guards just kind of spreading out that usage. Probably Patty Mills benefits the most from that one at just $3,700. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, he's missed some time this year. He's questionable with a knee injury. You haven't seen like you did last year when if LaMarcus Aldridge is out, you just see automatically Jacopoto playing 30 minutes. Jacopoto, his most minutes so far was actually this last game, 24 minutes. He scored 25 fantasy points, but he's already priced up to $4,800. So he has to be a very efficient player if he's only going to be playing 24 minutes at most tonight, if indeed Aldridge is out. So Drew Eubanks has been playing time. Drew Eubanks has been playing two games, uh, basically, when LaMarcus Aldridge is out as being pretty much a backup center, if not starting in the game, 23 and 24 minutes. So it's not as much of a smash play as Jacopolo as it once was. If LaMarcus Aldridge is in, not playing anywhere near himself, it's $6,200. He's in play for sure if you can get him to 30, 32 minutes, but not much there. The basic news to watch and the main news is that we already don't have Kevin Durant in. And then after that, it's going to be checking out what happens with LeBron James. That's going to be affecting the entire slate on a five-game slate, not only himself becoming a player that I would like to play to not playing at all, but then it affects Anthony Davis's usage in point per minute and other guys from there all the way down to THT. So with all that said, let's get into our early interest now. And it's not going to be, honestly, it's still a pretty, a lot of people. So if you're looking on the screen right now, it'll scroll as we go down with it. And also hit the like and subscribe, all those things. But it's a five-game slate, so uh, normally I wouldn't have a ton of guys on this list because, look, it's early interest. They're based off of my early-on projections where I do minutes projections and things like that, and then I start to actually get into the rates. The rates just means like rebounding rates, assist uh, percentages, all that type of stuff for what they're going to be doing today. Now you take the season averages. You don't have to learn, know too much about this. The projections are already done for you. You take the season averages, and you kind of tweak it based on what's happening in the specific matchup, who's on, off, things like that. So before we get into all that, that will be coming out later today, uh, the final projections. Usually they come out by noon. On these smaller slates, I could probably get them out, I don't know, by like 10 or 11. So be sure to check those out. They're linked down below. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So this is going to be, I believe, filtered, yes, by team right now. So we can attack a couple of teams at the same exact time. Like I said, there's going to be a good amount of, of players once I scroll. So you want to stick to stay tuned for that. But this is the opposite of yesterday's slate. And it makes sense because there's five games instead of nine, almost half the size of the slate. Yesterday's slate, it was just overwhelming value at the center position. Today's slate, you're going to be lacking that value all across the board. Like just reliable centers are not going to be there. Now I'm going to have interest in a couple of them and maybe a couple that you're like, yeah, you really want to be playing that guy. Yeah. I mean, based on what he's been doing recently, you're probably not going to one of them on the screen and use of nurtured right now, but there's a very much a lack of value. We had, I don't know, maybe maybe five or six guys that were at below $6,000 yesterday that looked like quality center plays for you, but you also had the payoff options that we're also fine to continue to get to. On this slate, maybe some of the power forward center eligible guys will save us, but center eligible only. I mean, you're looking at guys that are expensive, whether it's Jonas Valanciunas, Rudy Gobert, all the way up to Nikola Jokic, and, and not that many guys that are cheap values that you can feel comfortable about. Maybe somebody on these backup centers gets in there for 24 minutes. Maybe it's a Jacopolo tonight. He's $4,800. We'll have to see what happens with Lamarcus Aldridge's uh, just health status at this point. But we could start out up top with a center on the slate who's just appropriately priced at $7,700 for the minutes that he's getting for his point per minute production so far this year, really exceeding what he was doing last year. It will come down as Donovan Mitchell continues to play better, like Donovan Mitchell's last game. But 1.29 fantasy points per minute for Rudy Gobert, who's averaging about 30 minutes per game, the 28 and a half year old big man, seven foot one, this monster who lives in the paint, great defensive player. He's looking 
looking like a decent option. So, so far this year, what you're getting out of him is a PSA of 129.9. That's a 72nd percentile. You're getting a usage rate of about 17% as well. And you know what the upside is in his game. He's getting a great effective field goal rate because he's a center shooting close to the basket. He has a 64.8% effective field goal rate and 86% of his shot attempts are coming out the basket. That's actually the lowest that he's seen in three years, believe it or not. 91% of his shots last year were at the basket. 89% of the 2018 season were at the basket. So it's only going to continue to go up for him. The minutes that he's playing, you would actually expect to maybe see a little bit more here, just 180 minutes on the season, but he's averaging 1.3 fantasy points per minute. And it's a 34.2%, one of the highest in the NBA defensive rebound rates. His multiplier and super draft is appealing and presenting sponsor of the show at 1.4 X. I do like him. He's not somebody that I prioritize though, right? It's like if you have $8,000 left and you need a utility player or center, he's just kind of that last guy that gets in. And I feel really comfortable about it because at this price point, Rudy Gobert, his worst games are going to be what? 35 points, which doesn't bury you. He's going to like on average be scoring 38 to 40, which is right around his medium projection. And then he has the easy, it's not a mega ceiling, but an easy ceiling and path to like 45, 50 points, especially in this matchup against Brooklyn. Now we get into a team that I have a lot of interest in, and it's going to be San Antonio today because of what's happening in terms of no Derek White and potentially no Marcus Aldridge. But just in general, they have a lot of exciting players. And we could start off with Keldon Johnson, who you might be saying is at the peak of what his prices should be. And it might be buying high on him, to be honest with you, at 6,500. But this is the main thing. Super Draft, he's on 1.9x multiplier, which is just way, 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 way too high. Like this is a, at this point, he's like a 1.4, 1.5x guy. At the very, very highest, he should be like 1.65x, which is where we see Dylan Brooks today. And I think he's a better player than Dylan Brooks. Keldon Johnson has currently played the third most minutes on these team and he's three minutes behind playing the second most. So he's getting a ton of usage, starting a ton of games. He has a 23.3% usage rate to this point. He's right behind DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan, who both have like a 24% usage rate and he's playing great. 20.4% defensive rebounding rate. He leads this team in rebounding rate. He is a fantastic rebounding guard. But the nice thing that you're seeing is still a 10% assist percentage. He's averaging 1.06 fantasy points per minute. And I think that's what he deserves. I think he's a fantasy point per minute producer. Now, maybe he's not a 1.1 guy, but right around 1.05. And it just comes down to the minutes for him. And if he's going to be playing these minutes upwards of 30 per game, it's going to look well. So yeah, 6,500 is like kind of buying high on him. I do think he's probably going to be a $7,000 player at some point. So I think there's a little bit more value there. The main reason I put him on here is because of the super draft multiplier. But if indeed there's no Aldridge, that's going to only help his rebounding rate a little bit more. And I can kind of say a bunch of other guys that I do like on this team. There's an upside on a five game slate. If Jacopoto starts that he sees 24, 25 minutes again, and that's enough at $4,800. It's not enough for me to put him on here yet. DeMar DeRozan, I like either way. If Aldridge is in or out, Aldridge has not been all that great this season, averaging just 0.96 fantasy points per minute. But if Aldridge was off the court, you get DeMar DeRozan, who leads his team in minutes with 170 minutes and a 1.35 fantasy point per minute production. Like Aldridge being off the court, it's not the same as last year when Aldridge was a 1.1, 1.12 fantasy point per minute producer. But when Aldridge is off the court this year, DeMar DeRozan has 120 minutes with them off the court because he's missed games and also been staggered. His point, fantasy point per minute production really doesn't change. You have DeJounte Murray averaging 1.22 fantasy points per minute with no Aldridge off the court. But the big thing is Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson in a decent sample of about two or three games of minutes wise goes from a 1.06 to a 1.16 guy. So I like Keldon Johnson a lot more. You're going to have Nola Marcus Aldridge out there. You also get a nice slight bump, especially to the rebounding rate of DeJounte Murray. So all of those spurs are in play for me. I don't have them all listed here. Keldon Johnson, DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray. I like them all a little bit more if indeed you're going to have no Marcus Aldridge. And if Marcus Aldridge is out, probably my favorite one would become, if not DeMar DeRozan for pure fantasy point upside for value, probably Keldon Johnson at that point. Now, next up is going to be Yusuf Nurchich. And you might be saying, why do you want to be playing Yusuf Nurchich? He's been terrible these last couple of games. So Yusuf Nurchich is an interesting player right now, because what you're getting out of Yusuf Nurchich is he's playing on a team where guys have been dominating around him while they're to Lillard and really the primary option, CJ McCollum. These guys have been driving. They're scoring at the basket a ton. They're hitting mid-range jump shots. So he's not getting a lot of cleanup offensive rebounds because these guys are shooting fantastic at this point. And he's just not playing a lot of minutes. And that's because of three straight blowouts. So on the season, you're seeing Yusuf Nurchich play 146 minutes and Ennis Cantor is backup play 
126 minutes. So people might be thinking that these guys are splitting the role. No, in the last three games, he has not played in the fourth quarter, basically, because they've been in three straight blowouts. The two games before that, he's scoring you like 35 fantasy points. And now his price point has continued to plummet downwards to the point where he's almost in the 5K range as a very good center. So if Yusuf Nurkic is about to touch the 5K range at $6,200, and I don't suspect a blowout in a game against Chicago, who is borderline one of the bottom three teams in the league, and now they're without most of their team because of COVID, Tomas Sadaransky, right? You're going to have no Ryan Archidiakono. He's not going to matter much. Laurie, right? Marketing a starter for them. So as long as the game stays close, you're going to be getting probably the use of Nurtures that's going to be playing like he did 35 minutes and 26 minutes in the two games that stayed close this season that he's played in. All the other games have been blowouts, but those two games that stayed close, he scored 37 and 33 fantasy points. And now it's to the point where he's only 6,400. If he scores your 33 fantasy points, it's a fine performance for you. I highly doubt that this game is going to be one that blows out in one side of a major way compared to all the other ones that he's been playing against teams like Golden State that have a lot more star power. Obviously, the Clippers and Lakers, they fell victim to uh, getting into blowouts with the Utah Jazz to start the season. So they've had a very rough schedule to start the year off. Now it's a easiest matchup that they've had all season long against Chicago, especially how they match up with them. Yusuf Nurkic playing 30 minutes tonight is definitely not out of the window. And I think a lot of people are going to see his recent minutes of 23, 18, and 23 and say, damn, he's splitting time with uh, Ennis Cantor now. That is not the case at all. This is blowout run affecting him in a major way these last couple of games. I'm buying very, very low right now on Yusuf Nurkic. We can move over to Minnesota where I'm only going to have one interest and in. it's D'Angelo Russell. There's still no Carl Anthony Towns here, right? Malik Beasley has been playing better. Najee, if he avoids foul trouble, is definitely going to be in play for me, right? Najee has been in foul trouble a lot, but if he doesn't, he's probably going to play the upper 20s in minutes. He just can't get there. It's kind of a similar path to Yusuf Nurkic losing time because of blowouts, Najee because of foul trouble. That's kind of been always a thing with Najee, and he's not a good defender, so he's going to be susceptible to foul trouble. But D'Angelo Russell right now, second most minutes on the team, leads the team in usage rate at 27.3%, and his point per minute production is only going to continue to rise on up there as his point per minute production goes up, and his price point is still staying down and slightly down because DraftKings takes a couple days to really get this thing on track. At $7,200, he is by far the number one player on this team. He's not right now, and he is in terms of point per minute production, because Carl Anthony Towns is not out there, right? Carl Anthony Towns only playing in basically two games before injuring his wrist this year, 60 minutes of play. But D'Angelo Russell last year, he was a 1.2, 1.3 guy really for the most part of the season when there was no Carl Anthony Towns. He wasn't efficient, but he was just taking a ton of shots and getting you there fantasy points per minute wise. And now he's seeing this 27% usage rate. I expect that to go up to the 30s as long as Carl Anthony Towns is out. And this 1.06 fantasy points per minute is only going to continue to get higher. Leads the team in assist percentage at 28%. The more efficient that he slowly starts to become, the better for you. So at $7,200, I still think he's too cheap. He's probably a $7,800, $8,000 player over the long haul if Carl Anthony Towns is to be out. So we're still getting a cheap price point and one that we should be buying on on Mr. D'Angelo Russell. I'll slide up now so you can see some of the other names on the slate as we get into the Memphis players at this point. So no John Morant, no John Conker, who's actually been playing a decent amount of minutes for them. And John Conker dating back to last year when he actually got some time with the team, he's been good. So far, about 100 minutes of play this year, he's averaging a fantasy point per minute, right? He's shooting 55.8% from a true shooting perspective and has a 20% defensive rebounding rate as a guard. So he's been very good. So him being out today is actually going to matter. So we don't have that much of a sample to really take him off the court and also take guys like, you know, if we were to take him off the court and we were to take John Moran off the court, you're not going to have any of a sample left. You're going to be looking at guys like 60 minutes of play, two or three games worth of minutes. But you're seeing Kyle Anderson right now. He's in play. I don't have him on here. He's priced up to a point at 6,500 where he has to have these 35-point games to really get you there. But Dylan Brooks, who's seeing a ton of usage. The concern with Dylan Brooks is that he gets in a ton of foul trouble pretty often, but almost three steals per 48 right now. A 27.7% usage rate is leading this team, and it's only going to be going higher when John Moran, if you take off his three games of play before he got hurt he's only going to be going even higher for dylan brooks who you're going to have to have the shots fall you're going to have to have him hit his three or four threes in the game to do anything for you but with no john Morant on the court this year when you take out those minutes it's 129 minutes of dylan brooks at a 30 percent usage rate leading the team kyle anderson at a 29 percent usage rate which is very nice to see dylan brooks is just not shooting well right now and he's still getting you there at this price point in half the games right now dylan brooks is only shooting 42.9 percent effective field goal rate this team in general is not shooting well to begin with you're going to get a 15 percent assist percentage brooks averaging 1.04 fantasy points per minute and we can rely on him for around 
around 32 minutes. So he's kind of priced below his medium. Like I think Dylan Brooks should be $6,500 in this slate. And that's if he doesn't shoot well. And we know that he has a ceiling in terms of his shooting. Jonas Valanciunas is kind of in the similar camp to what I discussed in terms of Nas Reed. Jonas Valanciunas is somebody that, and really honestly, Yusuf Nurchich to the same extent. Like these centers on this slate, they don't look like they're going to be offering you much upside. But Yusuf Nurchich, based on what we discussed about him, great GPP play. And so is Jonas Valanciunas. Like Jonas Valanciunas at this point, he's going to average probably close to 1.4 fantasy points per minute without John Morant this season over the long haul. And he's only averaging 1.14 right now. That is definitely going to be going up. He has a 29% rebounding rate this year. He's just not playing in enough minutes to really hit you to these ceilings. And the reason why he's not playing a ton of minutes since John Morant went out is partially blowouts, right? In, in these past couple of games, they've been getting blown out by 15 points or 20 points against Boston. Really, the last three games have been 15 or more point blowouts. So that's part of it. And then also foul trouble. Five fouls, three fouls in the last couple of games. He's losing a couple of minutes in the first quarter in the Charlotte game on the first. And then on the third against the Lakers, he lost a good amount of minutes having five fouls in that game. He only played 26 minutes in each of those. If there's not a blowout and he's actually going to be getting his normal run, not due to foul trouble, there's been one game this year that he's played in when that has happened, when they have not blown out or has he not gotten into foul trouble. And even in that game, he got into some partial foul trouble and he still ended up playing 39 minutes. And then in the one game where it did not blow out, he got in five fouls and he played 29 minutes, 30 minutes, right? So he started the season 30 minutes, 29, 39. And then all of a sudden he's not playing more than 25, right? 24, 25, 25 minutes in the next three games. It's because of these blowouts and foul trouble. He's in a very similar camp to Yusuf Nurchich where his price point is, is it coming down, right? An $8,300 player two games ago is now at $7,600 without John Moran out there. Going to average 1.3 fantasy points a minute, probably at the bare minimum, more times than in this situation. And he has the ceiling of honestly a 60 or 70 point guy. Jonas Valanciunas does. Now him staying out of foul trouble is a little bit difficult. Him on a bad team against the Lakers today, not getting blown out. They just got blown out the last time they faced him. They lost by 14. It's a little bit difficult to see that happening. But if LeBron James doesn't play, it becomes a little bit easier. If KCP doesn't play, it becomes a little bit easier. Jonas Valanciunas is definitely in play for me. I think right now I prefer use of Nurchich for the price savings of $1,200. But Joe Val has a massive ceiling. From the Lakers, I'm fine to get to Anthony Davis either way today. Either way, if LeBron James is in or out, Anthony Davis fantasy points per minute. This is definitely going to be coming up this season. Now playing a, a next to a center, whether it's Manchester Harrell or even Marcus Hall has been playing a little bit better as of late. When you play next to that type of a guy and not a center in Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, who are, not, who are more defensive-minded, especially Dwight Howard, you're going to see your fantasy points are going to get knocked a little bit, but he's still averaging 1.27. I expect that to be at like 1.35 at some point this year. LeBron to go from 1.5 to like 1.4. So if LeBron is out, Anthony Davis, surefire play. Like him a lot. If LeBron is in, don't like him as much, but he remains in play for me. If we go over to Chicago now, Chicago is still going to be without a bunch of guys on this team, and you're still getting too cheap of price points for a guy in Zach Levine who's already been really good, good enough to be more than $8,000 as we scroll up here to some of the final players in the slate. He's averaging 1.22 fantasy points per minute, and now you're taking off a ton of guys. You're taking off the 105 minutes of Laurie Markkinen this year, right? You're taking off 67 minutes of Tomas Sadaransky. Chandler Hudson's played about 50 minutes, and these are all guys who are productive players. Tomas Sadaransky, 0.92 fantasy points per minute. Laurie Markkinen, 1.13 fantasy points per minute. You take these guys off the court, you're going to be left with a very small sample of like 100 minutes, but let's do it. Let's take off Laurie Markkinen. Let's take off Tomas Sadaransky just to see what happens to some of the rates and the usage, really, and how much usage you're going to be seeing for Zach Levine and also Kobe White, the starting guards on this team that I'm going to be interested in today. You get Zach Levine averaging 1.24 fantasy points per minute, and you get Kobe White averaging 0.91 fantasy points per minute. So these next four guys you can see I all like from Chicago because you're still getting some value out of here. Wendell Carter Jr. is the definition of a guy. He's like Mitchell Robinson who's going to be in foul trouble. Wendell Carter Jr. has not been playing his normal minutes as of late, similar to Jonas Valanciunas, but all because of foul trouble, not really blowout run, somewhat blowout run, but because this team just stinks, but mainly foul trouble. When Wendell Carter Jr. is out there, he's averaging close to 1.1 fantasy points per minute so far this season with these guys off the court. He's averaging a 28% defensive rebounding rate and a 20% usage percentage. He's been fantastic. He's just only playing 24 and 25 minutes and not 30 to 31 because of his foul trouble. All these centers, 
all these centers, there's some value. He's probably the cheapest value that I really like at the center position at $5,700, but they all have question marks, whether it's blowout risk, use of nurture on the opposite side of this game, or the foul trouble of Jonas Valanciunas and Wendell Carter. There's all risks, and I'm sure all those landmines are not going to be avoided on this slate, but I'm going to be playing all these guys because we just have to on the slate with the lack of value. Wendell Carter's cheap price point makes him very appealing, especially with all these other guys out around him. Colby White has been playing well, been playing better as of late, just a 47% effective field goal rate. That's going up, but the true shooting at 53% is nice to see. You're still seeing a high assist percentage. You're seeing this triple-double upside if he plays the big minutes, right? A 14% defensive rebounding rate over a 22% assist percentage and a 21% usage rate so far this season. It's fantastic. But what it comes down to Colby White is, as, as always, if he's shooting his eight three-pointers, is he making two of them and not getting you there? Or is he making you four of them and those extra seven points are getting you from Colby White at $6,700, only scoring 30 points to him scoring 37 points and getting you there, right? That's basically what it comes down to for guys like Colby White. So I'm not as interested in Colby White as I am Wendell Carter and as I am Zach Levine. Who Zach Levine this season has been fantastic. And with all these guys off the court in about 132 minutes of play or so, so, you know, you're looking at four or five games, a decent sample, a 31.5% usage rate, a 15.6% defensive rebounding rate, and a 59% true shooting percentage, the second most minutes on the team behind Kobe White to this point. Zach Levine is somebody who has a massive ceiling, and the more usage that he gets, he can become definitely ineffective with it, but he's definitely somebody that can also take that usage and just absolutely go for a 60-point game and 45 real-life points. I'm going to pull up on cleaning the glass where Zach Levine is shooting from this season. So what you're getting from him right now, just a 52.8% effective field goal rate. It's basically on par. He was at 53% last year, 52.4% the year before that. Basically on par with where he's been. He's shooting at the rim only 28% of the time. So this is kind of interesting. We have to watch if this kind of changes throughout the rest of the season. This is the lowest in his career that he's been shooting at the at the rim since he came into the league at 2014 and 2015 season. He was just 19 years old at that point. And he was still balling out. So at the rim, just 28% by far as lowest. He's been in the mid 40s the last couple of seasons and the 40s in general the last three seasons. So now where is it going to? He's taking all mid shots, just mid range in general. So a little bit more short mid range shots, 21%. That's by far the highest he's ever taken. The next highest has been 12% in his career. So he's instead of finishing at the rim, he's pulling up a little bit more for like these five to eight foot jumpers instead of finishing at the basket. That's not terrible, but we would like to just see him go to the rim because it's much higher percentage of a chance. The three point percentage is basically the same 37% last year, 38% this year. That's not how much he's making. That's how frequently he's taking those shots. The reason I'm looking at this is because I want to get an idea of how much we can trust an $8,000 player with all this usage. Where is that usage going? Is he just holding the ball, getting some assists, not really having the guys cash in on the assists because he plays on a bad team? Is he driving? The drive rate seems to be down since he's only at 28%. So that is a concern. But seeing that it's not the, the long mid-range shots or the mid-range jumpers in general, it's these short mid-range shots, he's taking like an extra two feet on his shots. Again, we'd like to see the drives, but it's nothing of, of too much staggering concern as we break down into that. Makes me feel a little bit more comfortable for what will likely be a pretty nice projection on Zach Levine today. And then we could finish up the slate by talking about the Brooklyn guys, because we got to talk about the Brooklyn guys without any Kevin Durant so far this season. And the one that's going to stand out the most and the one that's going to stand out is probably the top play in the slate at $9,300, especially if you're going to be seeing LeBron James in because that kind of limits what you can get out of Anthony Davis. If LeBron's out, yeah, the guys that are priced right next to each other, Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving, makes a very smart way to start a lineup when two of the best players in the league and the top two guys a couple years ago in the league, and you could debate if they still are, and Kevin Durant and LeBron James are going to be out on the slate potentially. So if we're looking right now, I'll actually take Kevin Durant off the court so we can see what happens. Kevin Durant has played a lot of minutes, the second most on this team. So if I take his 204 minutes off the court, you're probably not going to have any sample, so we might have to leave it on there. Let's see what happens here. But without Kevin Durant, like we said, Torian Prince, I expect to start. As long as he plays the fourth quarter in this game and doesn't get pulled, I don't think he's in a close games, but as long as he just starts the fourth quarter and gets like four or five minutes of play. He'll probably play around 24 minutes in this game, I suspect. Without Kevin Durant on the court this season, it's way too small of a sample because you get the game where Kyrie Irving didn't play with Kevin Durant, and that's where Karis LeVert went off for 60 fantasy points, so him averaging 1.49 fantasy points per minute is not the best sample to be looking at. So let's just keep Kevin Durant on when we talk about this Brooklyn team in this game. Kyrie Irving becomes a no-brainer, right? $9,300. This is already a guy who's been playing, seeing a 29% usage rate, averaging 1.4 fantasy points per minute this season, and now you're going to get Kevin Durant off the court. So uh, even if the fantasy points per minute doesn't go up because he has been 
playing extremely well, extremely efficient to this point. Even if it still is 1.4, just the fact now that you're going to be getting that as a more solid number at $9,300. Basically, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving should be probably priced closer to a $10,000 player on the slate. So Kyrie's definitely in play. You still have no Spencer Dimity, the the partially torn ACL, right? So Karis LeVert will be seeing some usage. I don't think he's going to average a season average of 1.18 because Kyrie Irving is still out there. But instead of averaging one fantasy point per minute or a little bit less than that when Kevin Durant's on the court as well, like let's put Kevin Durant on the court. Like on NBA Wowie right now, I'll put Kevin Durant on the court and I'll show you what happens to Karis LeVert. When (laughs) This is terrible. When Kevin Durant is on the court, Karis LeVert becomes a 0.74 fantasy point per minute producer. You want to know what that's a comparison to? Basically like any bad wing player. So you take Karis LeVert, who's fantastic when he's not around these two studs in Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and you put him next to them, and he basically just looks like another dude in the NBA that's like a, a league average or below league average player. So with Kevin Durant on the court this season, yeah, you get a league average guy that just doesn't even look like that great of a basketball player in Karis LeVert. So now with Kevin Durant off, I suspect Karis LeVert averages closer to a fantasy point per minute, probably closer to 1.05 because it'll be staggered. And when he's not on the court for times without Kyrie Irving, that's when he can really go off for some big performances, average that 1.3 fantasy points per minute for like 10 of his 30 minutes, whatever it might be. So LeVert at $6,600, I think he's appropriately priced, right? I think that he's fine to get to because of the ceiling that you have on him. Tarion Prince, we already kind of discussed why I like him. And I'll put TLC on here as well. If you want to play Joe Harris out, where's Joe Harris? This is not all of my interest, right? I'm going to have like 40, 50 guys in a player pool that I'll be getting some exposure to. And then I'll really try and button that down. It's like 15 yeses that I try and pick my single entry and three max barring ownership lineups from. You can see all that stuff linked down below on Patreon if you want to get the access to just interests, values, projections, all that stuff, super draft projections as well, which is going to be very valuable over there to help you. Somebody last night won $1,000 on the NBA slate. The week, the night before that, somebody won $1,000 to close out the NFL regular season. So a lot of people benefiting over there. So be sure to check that out. Link down below. But TLC, just another value that I think he starts in this game. I think he probably gets to the ability to play the mid-20s and minutes. TLC this season, same exact thing with Karis LeVert. A .65 fantasy point per minute producer. Like that's as bad as it gets in the NBA. .65. To just give you some somewhat of a sample here, one fantasy point per minute is good. If you play 30 minutes, on average, you have one fantasy point per minute, you score 30 fantasy points. .65 is terrible. Anything really below like .8, unless you're a really cheap value at the bare minimum, is not that great to get to, and you have to play a lot of minutes at that point. Like if you're playing 32 minutes and getting like .75 fantasy points per minute, maybe you paid off. At .65, you're never going to do anything. So with Kevin Durant on the court, he's been terrible. Makes a lot of sense because Kevin Durant's soaking up all the usage. So is Kyrie Irving. With him off the court this year, you're going to see some games when they're just not playing in general. So it's kind of spike performances for TLC. But TLC's been a .75 guy with Kevin Durant off the court. So TLC gets a little bit of a bump here. He'll probably see a little bit more usage. Instead of shooting six times a game, he might get 10 shot attempts in this game. So there's a little bit more of a ceiling. I prefer Torian Prince as long as he's starting here. I'm not taking that one game sample and just assuming Torian Prince will never play 20 plus minutes without Kevin Durant this year. If he's starting, I would suspect more times than not, he gets to 24 minutes or so. So that's where we're at right now. Again, the slate kind of lacks value overall to start off. We have value in that mid-range, right? We have value up top because uh, some studs might be out. We already know Kevin Durant's out. Lacks value in the bottom range where you're having to rely right now on guys like Thad Young, having to rely on guys like Torian Prince, who I don't even feel comfortable this season. Torian Prince just to break down into what he's doing, averaging 0.8 fantasy points per minute in just 105 minutes of play. The rebounding rate looks fine. The usage looks decent. He's just not getting all that much shot attempts. So that's where we're at on the five-game slate. I'm sure value will open up. We'll be able to update throughout the day for the five-game slate that starts later today for any type of projections that are going to be needing to be changed. Hopefully, we get a little bit more value. Otherwise, you know, it's not a guy at a slate where we have to pay for Nikola Jokic, so we don't have to worry about that. If you want to start your lineups at Mr. Kyrie Irving, then you don't need as much value. You can rely on some 4K value and really fill out the rest of your lineups with 6 and 7K guys. So I appreciate you all for tuning in. Thank you. Hopefully, you, you like that schmacking. You're feeling a little bit sore in your face now from all the information for you. If you're still here at this point, hit the like, hit the subscribe, all those things popping up. We'll be live at 4 p.m. East Coast time today to finish up this slate, touch on any other news that might be coming up, touch on my exposures where I'm going with it, and really just answer all of your questions, a question and answer for an hour. NBA slate, we'll be doing that. We'll be having more content for the NFL today. A betting video will be coming out on Wednesday, the Saturday slate breakdown, on Thursday, the Sunday slate breakdown, and so on and so forth for the schedule we'll talk about as the week goes on. Thanks so much for tuning
tuning in. Support Patreon linked down below if you want the projections, rankings, all that other stuff to really dominate and schmack around your competition, go into war, loaded up with as much ammunition as you got, shooting down on people from the top uh, of these mountains, right? And they're just walking around with nothing down below. That's basically what it's like when you have projections and stuff. Much better chance at winning. And then support Superdraft if you want down below. We sponsor the show. Fun format to plan. My name's Sal. I'll get you a $1,000 up to $1,000 free money bonus in a slow drip format. See you all at 4 p.m. Have a good rest of your day if you're not going to tune in then. Peace out, gang.